check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Well, guess what, people? It's Thursday, and Thursday means it's the podcast day, all right? I have bad news for you. I kind of just lied because when we're recording this, what day is it actually, Nora? It's Wednesday. Okay, so I lied a little bit, but I didn't mean it, okay? Because when you're listening to this, it'll be what day, Nora? Thursday. See? So I kind of told the truth. Yeah, you did. I didn't lie. No, I didn't. I've lied before, but I wasn't lying (laughs) right now. But anyway, all right, so we are back. We are episode 15, all right? That's kind of a lot of episodes. Don't you feel like that's a lot of episodes? When you think about it, yeah. It's kind of a lot of episodes because, you know, a lot of times it's like some people tell you they start stuff and then they don't they don't follow through with it. They don't keep doing it. It's like, oh, we're going to do a podcast and they do two episodes, right? Or it's like, oh, we're going to do what? No, we're here. We're still here. We've been here and uh, we're not going anywhere. Okay? Straight. That's right. All right, straight anyways. facts. Straight facts, straight yo. facts. All right, so Nora, let's t- walk us through today's... Um, question or today's mike's corner i should say mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about today um well i had an idea that it would be worst halloween candy so like for example let's say you just go trick-or-treating with your like siblings or your friends and you get home you dump out all the candy from your pillowcase and you sort it what is the pile that you're giving away that's super easy right uh, right do you want to say at the same time See if it's the same. Okay. Three. Well, we'll do, it, we'll oh. do it on one, two, three, and then we'll say it. On Ready? three or after three? One, two, three, say Almond it. Joy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I was walking you through how we were going to do it. I was going to say Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls? Really? Yeah, Tootsie Rolls, are like, they're not bad, but like after one of them, you're like, okay, I don't need another one of these. You're saying Almond Joys? Yeah, but you know who loves Almond Joys? Who? Okay, this is going to I know. Be I'm so- gonna say, I have someone else, too. Okay. He loves Almond Joys. It's going to be so random, and you're not even going to know who I'm talking about unless, like, you are an OG frontliner. Okay. Mrs. Sutter. Oh, really? She does. I, I remember vividly. Like, I remember, like... Esri might listen to this podcast. I don't know if she does. I hope she does. Esri, if you listen to this, tell your mom I still think about her. <laughs> tell your mom we got Sometimes a pillowcase full of Almond Joys you. for her. <laughs> But anyway, you know who else eats Almond Joys? My man Rico. I used to like Rico. You know what he does? He opens them up and he chomps the almond right off the top. I don't even know if he eats the rest, to be honest. But I I just have these memories of him. He he takes the Almond Joys and he bites the almond off the top. That's the first thing he does. He doesn't like eat it normal. He just like bites the (laughs) almond off the top. Should I bring him Almond Joys today and and say like... I had a vibe that you were just an Almond Joy kind of guy. You just strike me as an Almond Joy guy. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you should definitely do that. Okay. Um, I don't even think they sell them because they're that bad. Okay, so uh, I would say Tootsie... There's, first of all, there's a lot of them. There's not just one. Okay, the best Tootsie Roll, the blue one, because it's vanilla. No, all those ones, the the blue one, the pink one, the, the Tootsie... The actual Tootsie... Throw all those away. Forget them. Are you them. joking? Yes. Have you we, had the vanilla one We ever? don't want those, all right? I do. Let's, no, no. Yes, have all you right, had I'll it give before? Them to you then. Have you had it before? Um, bullseyes, you could throw those away too. Do uh, you like cowtails? I don't even know what those are. <gasps> oh, I guess they're like a old candy, but my family loves them. Cowtails? They're called cowtails. Okay. All right. 
Um, never heard of them. Also, um, even though even though they usually don't get them trick or treating, candy corn, forget about it. We've talked about this before. Yeah, candy corn's trash. It's Nobody good. like no I one's do. like I love candy corn. I do like candy corn. No, you don't. Yes, you I eat do. it because it's there. That's no, the number one thing. Even, sometimes we just buy candy it corn it is the good. number one candy that people don't like, but they always eat. Is that a statistic or is that a Mike statistic? No, that's facts. You can look that up in the Journal of Halloween Candy. It's a peer reviewed source. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a lot. Listen, so here, here's what you want when you go trick or treating. Everyone always wants the chocolate, right? You always want the the Reese's, the Kit Kats, the Twix. Those are like the power three. When you get the Reese's, the Kit Kats, and the Twix, you're like on those are the best ones. Can we agree, at least agree on that? Yeah, no, we. We can agree. Okay. Hershey's are like the next step down. It's kind of like straight chocolate is a little bit too much. Like it's just Hershey's are a little bit, but also the crunch bars. I was a big fan of the crunch, the little mini crunch bars. All right. Those were awesome. Um, I also, I I liked some of the sweet candies, your Smarties and your sweet tarts and other things like that. Those are a good change of pace from the chocolate, but pretty much every candy that you like are not good. You're just so rude. <laughs> Except for Reese's. Yes, Reese's are good. And um, Kit- Reese's, Kit Kat, and what was the other one I said? Crunch? Snickers um, are good. Milky Way, forget about it. Throw them in the garbage. I l- you like Milky I Way? I used to love Milky Way. You Ways. have the worst taste in candy, I'm just finding out right now. Besides Reese's. <laughs> I'm just joking. Besides Reese's, um, you see my face. Yes, that's why I did it. I wanted to see what you would do. She looked at me like I like I just killed someone in front of her. Um, so no, confused. but Reese's, Reese's, Kit Kat, and Twix are the best three. And then Snickers are good too. The little Snickers bars, Milky Way. You like Milky Way? Well, I love caramel. Yeah, but Milky Way has that weird like. Moose fluff stuff thing. in it. I still like it because it has caramel. Yeah, but just because it has car, car- do you were you a caramel apple? Are you a caramel apple person? Yeah. So you liked caramel apples. I liked when they were cut because I didn't like when they would get in my teeth. So you didn't like chomping them off of the stick? No. Okay. You couldn't pay me. I could pay you. I. What if I gave you a hundred dollars to eat one? I mean, then we could talk. But- yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> You you can't say you couldn't pay me and then you take a hundred dollars. It's do literally it. a joke, so whatever. Okay, yeah. anyway, so that was Mike's corner. Last week was episode fourteen, and we talked about praying. We had our man Luke on the podcast. Luke was awesome. Um I killed him in ping pong after. Sorry, Luke. It's nothing personal. I killed Nora too. You didn't kill uh, me. All right. Well, we can rematch today if you want. We'll see what happens. But anyway, so um, we talked about praying, okay? And the, the big thing about praying that we really wanted to get across was that, you know, a lot of people feel like they don't know how to pray or there's not a correct way to pray. And Nora kind of had this idea because there's been times where, like, she's been in groups, and we've all been there before if we ever sat in a group, mm-hmm. like, especially at a church or whatever. And um, and that's what we do, right? We We always, like, ask the person who's the best, quote, unquote, by the way, I realized we said quote unquote a thousand times last week. I know. I realized that too. <laughs> but we we did the we did the um podcast and it was kind of like you always ask that be- best person to pray who you think is the best prayer. But really we we found out that when you're talking with God it's really more about like conversation. It's yeah. more about um just talking with him. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we think it's too much about like having the right words to say or sounding fancy, mm-hmm. but it ain't about that. No. So, so Nora's next time she's in a group, she's going to pray and she's going to let everyone know like, yo, listen, I'm just praying normal. No, I'm just going to go to the bathroom <laughs> during prayer time. During when prayer it time. sounds like it's about to be wrapping up, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, tonight we have our college community group, joking. so I'm going to call on you that to pray. That was a joke. That was a joke. I'm going to call on you to pray. And I want you to say, what's up, God? <sighs> Can you? That would be awesome. If you buy me Chick-fil-A, then we could talk. Oh, my goodness. This, is a, <laughs> this feels like a bribe. <laughs> it kind of is. Or blackmail. I don't know which one. I'm. You're blackmailing me for a bribe. I'm just kidding. She's serious. She just shook her head like, no, I'm not, when, when she said I'm kidding. <laughs> It's messed up. Okay, so here's today's question, all right? I think a lot of times, um, especially if either we, maybe we grew up in a Christian home or we were a Christian, we are a Christian, and we feel far away from God, okay? And a lot of people ask this, right? They feel far away from God. But then there's also some people who maybe never grew up in a Christian home. Maybe they have never been close to God or the things that they grew up learning and knowing weren't necessarily things that were Christian things, right? And so the question is, is when you're far away from God, how do you get back to him? What's the road back to him? Nor what do you feel like, you know, like why do people struggle with when they're far away from God and coming back to him? What's like the struggle there? Well, I think another, like for some reason, something that just popped into my head, it's like, let's say like on a different note, let's say you're trying, you want, like you have a loved one who's addicted to something of some kind. You want them so bad to, let's say like check into a rehab facility or get help. But the thing is that person has to want to, you know, that person has to go through and that person has to, you know, practice, get help, talk to people and the first step is just wanting to and uh, like knowing what you're getting into, you know, and I think going back to Christianity, like you have to want to, you have to want to know more and you have to take that first big step. Cause it's not like a eh, dip in my toe in the water. Like you got to kind of cannonball, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, so why do some people do you think feel like embarrassed or ashamed or whatever when they're trying to come back to God, like when they feel like they're far away from him, maybe it's because they haven't been doing the right things. They have been making the wrong decisions, hanging out with the wrong people, but in the back of their head, they know they're kind of doing the wrong thing, right? What's the struggle that some people have when they're trying to come back to God? Um, well, I think it's different for like everyone, you know, I think let's say you go to a, like a small group that you went like let's say you grew up in church and you had your friends in there and you made friends. But at that point you were still learning. And I think when you drift away from God and then you want, you are thinking you want to come back, you then feel like you're not as like caught up as others. And you don't want to seem like, you know less or that you're starting over because you felt like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that could be one way for sure. So what you're saying is, hey, someone who was kind of following God, they kind of drifted away. When they come back, they feel like everyone's going to be way ahead of them, right? Right. And they'll seem like... Yeah. And I I think another thing... Yeah. I know what you mean. Like that that they... That you're kind of like behind them. You're like Mm -hmm. far back. I think another thing, people feel ashamed. People feel embarrassed. People Mm -hmm. feel um, 
like, you know, hey, look what I've done. Look, you know, I've let God down. Right. You know what I mean? And coming back to him then yeah. is kind of like a a really hard thing to do. It's kind of like when you get pulled out of school and you go to get your braces on and you come back like a whole different person and everyone's staring at you like, oh, let me see, let me see. Yeah. And it's like you have all this attention and it's like kind of uncomfortable. That's how I felt at least. Yeah. And, like, and sometimes that's like literally coming back to church too. But And I, yeah. and I think that that's right. Like you almost feel like the whole world's looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be one thing. But I think there's so many different things. But when we're far away from God, right? When we feel like we we want to get back to him, but we feel like we're, we're far gone, right? Not just that we haven't been there in a while, but almost like the things that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. have been wrong, right? We've taken right. the wrong path, right? We we know what path we're supposed to be going down. We knew what direction we were supposed to head. And now we've kind of been going this way for a long right. time. Right, consciously making the wrong Right, consciously decisions. making the wrong decisions, right? Or, you know, hey, maybe we've never made that decision. And then when we're way over on that path that is the wrong way, we realize, whoa, man, I just found out I'm supposed to be way over there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be on this way different path. You know, like, how do I come back to God? And I think a lot of times, one of the things too, is that when we think about God, right? A lot of times we talk about God as a father, right? And when we think about God as a father, right? We all have different fathers, right? Some of us have really good ones. Some of us have bad ones. Some of us have the in-between ones. Some of us have ones that don't give us punishment at all. Some of us have parents who are fathers who are really strict, right? Some of us have fathers who would be disappointed in us or whatever. And, you know, there's all these different things that we can have. But we think about God as this kind of father, right? And we talked about this last week when we were praying, right? But a lot of times we imagine how our father would be based on what we know about, like, fathers in general, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to tell this story really quick, because we're not going to make this a super long podcast today, just because I want it to be, the other ones have been kind of long, but I want this one to be really simple, okay? And I want to talk about the story of the prodigal son, okay? And I've shared this story before, but for those of you who listen to the podcast, here's how the story goes, okay? There was two sons and a father. And the younger of the two sons decided that he wanted to take his inheritance early and leave the family and go off, right? And a lot of you might be like, oh, that's not really cool. But the big thing is, is it's way more important than that because back then, right? Back in the Bible times, you only got your inheritance once your father died, right? So saying that you wanted your inheritance early was a way of saying like, I don't want to be a part of this family anymore, right? Dad, it's almost like saying, dad, I wish you were just dead and gone so I could take my stuff and leave. So he demanded it and the father gave it to him, okay? So the the son took this money took his wealth, his, took his whatever he had, and it said that he went to a distant land and he spent his money on wild living, okay? So you can imagine what that means, right? Partying, drinking, you know, whatever he did, but he he wasted all of his money. So take a son, he's, he's at home, he's, you know, he's probably a big part of what his father needs him to be, right? Because back then, sons were a big part of running running your land and taking care of your your animals and your sheep and, and taking care of all these different things. So this guy betrays his family. He tells his father, hey, dad, I wish you were dead, 
right? And then what does he do? He takes his money, he goes off to a distant land, and he spends all of his money on wild living, right? Blows it on whatever it is that he blows it on, okay? So this is kind of what we're talking about, right? Before we're talking about taking like these two paths, right? There's kind of the path you know you should be going down. And in his case, it was staying with his father, being a loyal son, being a good brother, being a good fill in the blank, right? But instead, he decided to betray his family, betray his father, and take his money and go off and do whatever he wanted to do, okay? So he clearly went down this wrong path, and he was far away from his family where he was supposed to be, okay? And so what happened in the story is there's a, a famine right? Which means that there was a huge lack of food. There was a famine from where he lived, okay? Where he was living, there was a famine, there was a huge lack of food, and the son had spent all of his money. His money was gone, okay? So he was so desperate at this time that he got job a job from a pig farmer feeding pigs. And the son was so desperate, so out of money, that it said that he was actually jealous of the food that the pigs were eating. He wished that he could fill his stomach with the pigs' food, right? That's how low of a place he was at, okay? And so what did he do, right? He kind of had this epiphany. He said, man, even the servants of my father's house are better off than I am. They at least get to eat. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against you and against God, and I'm not even worthy to be your son anymore. I'm not even worthy to be your son. But can you just make me a servant? You know? And so that's what he did. He walks over to his father, okay? And uh, he starts traveling back home. And the Bible says that when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and ran to him, okay? And the son said, and then when his father got it, the son said exactly what he said he was going to say. Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God, right? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please just make me like a servant. And what does the father do? The father says, no, 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 no. Get a robe, put, put, robe, put a robe on his back, put sandals on his feet, on his feet, put a ring on his finger, get, get our best cow and, and get it ready for a feast because we're going to celebrate right? My son who, who was dead is now alive again. My son who was lost is now found. He's come home and he celebrates with him. It says he gives him this huge embrace, right? And they're super, the father completely welcomes him back with open arms. So Nora, when I say that story to you, what's the first thing that sticks into your, like, what's the thing that pops into your head? Like, whoa. Um, like he can be so excited over someone. Or like, I, I don't know, because I just sound dumb. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, we're, we're just... so simple, it sounds like mm, not real, you know? Like, it's just something so simple. Yeah, like it's his... so, like, powerful at the same time. Yeah, so it's like, somebody's just like, oh, yeah, he went home, and his dad gave him a hug, and wow, great, you know, whatever. But when you think about that, like what mm-hmm. you said, it's something that's so simple. But think about what, think about, like, put yourself in the son's shoes for a moment. The son was so low and had 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 really realized just how wrong he was, how much he'd sinned, what a what a horrible place he was in. And then he imagined that like, hey, listen, I, I can't even I'm not worthy to be his son anymore. 
I'm not worthy to be anything other than mm-hmm. a servant, but I'm going to go back and just apologize to him. And, and, you know, cause, cause I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to go back and apologize. And what does the father do? Right. He goes above and beyond of what the son ever imagined that he would do. Right. The son was going back there in hopes to be a servant, just to be a slave. But instead, his father completely welcomed him back as a son, right? So like what you said, a really simple thing that can mean so much, right? Because here's what happened. And here's how this applies to us. Sometimes when we're down that path, when we're way down that way, what happens is, is that, you know, we feel embarrassed or ashamed, like you said, Nora, maybe we feel like, oh, we've been gone so long. Who knows what's been happening there now, you know, and, you know, whatever the case might be, but we feel embarrassed. We feel ashamed. We feel unworthy. We feel like we're doing the wrong thing once we realize that. But what did he do? He went back. He apologized. He took the steps forward and moved towards God, right? And then from there, or moved towards his father and his father forgave him. What does the Bible say about this? And here's what I'll tell you. The Bible talks about confession and forgiveness, right? Step one, if we want to heal a relationship, because our what we have with God's a relationship. If we want to heal our relationship, what we need to do is step one is we need to take the action towards God. You said it right when we started and you kind of answered the question almost right away, which is good, right? You said that we need to want to do that, Right. The son realized, you said someone who like is maybe struggling with an addiction or is, is going through a really hard time and they want to clean their act up, right? Step one is they need to, you know, it's the realization that, whoa, look at where I'm at mm-hmm. and look at where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they realized that. And then what the son did is he went and he, he admitted that he was wrong, right? Father, I've sinned against you and against God. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, Right. Now, what he didn't realize was that he had a father who loved him and saw him as a son, who was waiting for him, who saw him from a long way off and ran to him. And then when this son, who felt like he was so far away, like when the things he'd done, he wasn't even worthy to be a son as for his father, not only welcomed him back, but welcomed him back as a son. That's the big difference, right? That's the difference between... Um, who we think God is versus who he really is, right? Because sometimes we think God's not going to um, welcome us back with open arms. We sometimes imagine him being disappointed in us, being angry at us, being all these kind of things. Does he like when we do the wrong things? No. But the Bible says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, which means that he will forgive us of our sins. But when we come to him, he forgives us, but he welcomes us back with open arms, just in the same way that the father welcomed back his son with open arms. That's how God sees us, right? And sometimes the the we have the son's view. We think, oh man, I'm not even worthy. I'm not even like, I've sinned against God, you know, and all these kind of things. But no, but God says, no, no, no. I'm glad that you're back, right? Does that mean we don't have consequences? Does that mean we don't have anything going on? No. Sometimes we got to deal with our mistakes, our problems, but God welcomes us back with open arms. So what do we do when we're far off? 
We go to him. Simple as that. And sometimes it's a long journey back, right? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're in a distant land. But God promises that if we bring it to him, he'll welcome us back. Sneeze. Oh, I had to keep it in because I didn't want to <laughs> welcome interrupt you. <laughs> us. God will welcome us back with open arms. And so, hey, I'm far away from God. How do I get back to him? You just begin the journey. You go back to him. You confess what you've done. God, I've sinned against you, right? And God welcomes us back with open arms, right? It's almost like we talked about praying last week. We talked about how sometimes when God is a father, we envision him in different ways. But God is the perfect father. And so he wants us back with him. He wants us to come back to him and he promises that when we do, he'll forgive us. All right? Any final thoughts, Nora? Any final things rolling around in your blonde head before we wrap this up? No, how about you, blonde head? I just said everything that was rolling around in my blonde head, so I got nothing else. All right, listen. That's Let's Talk Jesus episode 15. Us blonde head people are done talking, so we will see you guys next time. And don't forget, candy corn is trash. All right. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.